God's presence. We felt his protection. We felt his provision the whole time we were there. I've been there four times, and I just never felt God's presence like I did. And especially being there with Amy, it was just amazing. I know so many of you are praying for us, and we're so thankful for that. God is doing an incredible work through that incredible group of people. And uh, I'm, uh, we're going to be taking the team back every single year. So uh, if that's something that's interesting you, uh, you come and talk to me, and uh, we're, we're going to put something together. Uh, every year we're going to take a team over, go and bless and serve and get alongside. And uh, if you're looking for an experience that will change your life and perspective forever, that might be the one. So uh, more details to come. Hey, let's, uh, we're going to continue our series, Red Letter Revival. And uh, we're going to read from the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 16. And this is a, a conversation, the red letter revival is talking about um, the, the words that Jesus spoke, often recorded and read in the Bible. And if we were to live our lives according to how Jesus spoke and the truth that he brought, I believe we could see a revival take place first in our own heart, which then would hopefully spread out to every person we meet. So uh, let's read that together, Matthew 16, verse 21 to 31. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, that he might, must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up the cross, and follow me. But whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what they have done. Would you pray with me this morning as we unpack this scripture together? Father, we thank you. Thank you for the, the privilege of being able to call you Father. Thank you for the gift of salvation through your son, Jesus. Lord, for those who have received it, those who are deciding maybe today that they would like to, that they're, they're ready to commit their lives to you, to count the cost of what it means to follow you. Lord, teach us this morning what it means to be your disciple. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we have come back from Bangladesh. We made it back. Praise God. Great to be away. Great to be home. Uh, there are so many different things in Bangladesh that are very different to New Zealand. Anyone ever complained about traffic? Let me take you on a little trip. We're 166 million people in a quarter of the land mass of New Zealand are trying to get somewhere really quickly. <laughs> Sukun, who, who started the church, when he was a teenager, he would go into the middle of Dakar City and he would stand there and literally let the crowd move him. That's how many people, which is just this mass of people. It's just unbelievable. Uh, we had such an amazing time experiencing the traffic. You know, three lanes, eight cars, no problem. You know, two lanes, three buses, our van, no problem. There's space. We can make it work. Toot, toot, coming through. It's not aggressive tooting the horn. It's just, hey, I'm here. You might want to know. Just an amazing experience. The food. Oh, the food was incredible. Might have gone a little bit OD on the, on the, on the curry. Um, you know, Johnny Cash, burning ring of fire. I think that's what he was talking about. No more details needed other than that. 
But the people, the people just unbelievable, so generous, so, so loving, so filled with the Spirit of God. The experience was amazing. But, you know, there's some things that are the same, some things that, that doesn't matter which culture you're in, which country you're in, doesn't matter the level of uh, poverty or wealth, some things stay the same. One thing we discovered was the selfie. The selfie game was strong in Bangladesh. We watched as, as one woman, she's, she's standing there giving it the, you know, for about a minute. I don't know how many, how many shots she got until she got the right one. But we actually saw this in a mall. No longer are they advertising, this is a phone, you can communicate to someone with it. That's not the selling point of phones anymore. Clearer selfie. Of course, why would I want to communicate with someone when I can take a better picture of myself? Today I want to talk about taking the right selfie. What does it mean to take the right selfie? What is the purpose of a selfie? A selfie is to make myself look good. You know, throw the filter on there, make it look good. You know, get the right angles so all my wrinkles are, are out and you know, I don't have my three chins or whatever it is. You've got to get yourself in the right position so that you can look good. Because everybody else's opinion matters, right? Or does it? The heart of this message is that we would, instead of taking the selfie, is we would flip the camera. They would move from being about me, because I'm pretty selfish, I don't know about you, but I like things to go well for me. Yeah, you know, I'm kind of quite keen for you know, it all to work out good for me. But what if I could flip it and say, actually, I don't care about that anymore, as long as someone gets blessed as long as God gets the glory and the honor. So would, could we flip the camera and make it about others, make it about loving God matters most and loving others follows close? And, and you know what? As I do that, God's going to take care of everything I need. This morning, we're going to flip the camera. We're going to take the right selfie. In this passage, we see Jesus having a conversation. He's just had a conversation with his disciples. And he's asking the question. He's saying, what's the word on the street about me? You know, who do people say I am? You know, what's, what's, the, what's the goss on Jesus? They say, well, well some say that you're Elijah. Some say you're, you're, you're John the Baptist. Others say you're, you're one of the prophets. Jesus said, that's fine, but, but who do you say I am? This is to his closest friends, the people that know him the most. So Peter, he's very quick to give his, his opinion. Sometimes it's bad. Sometimes it's, it's good. This time he gets it right. Peter goes, you, you, are the, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus says, that's right, Peter, you got it. You understand. And he says, on this understanding, on this revelation, on, on people like you who understand this, this truth, I'm going to build my church. And I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Any darkness that rise up will be pushed back because of the truth of Jesus Christ. And you know what? Jesus is building his church. How many people love being a part of his church? How many people love being able to come here, freely worship God every Sunday morning and meet in homes and small groups and, 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 and celebrate the victory and the life we have in Jesus? And we didn't do anything to deserve it. In fact, the complete opposite. And yet God says, I'm going to give it to you because I love you. If that's been given to us, what could we do with that love if we were to flip the camera? And not say, oh, look how loved I am. But go, man, how could I love somebody else? And Jesus is asking us to do the same. He's saying, if you want to be my disciples, 
Here's a few things you need to do. You ready to find out what it takes to be a disciple of Christ? Again, I'm sorry, this is going to be a completely simple message again. Because the gospel is so simple. We don't have to complicate it. This is such a simple message, but boy, there's a cost. Will we be prepared to count the cost? In this passage we read, Jesus talks about a reward, a reward that we're going to receive. That reward is on the condition that we do a few things. When God comes, he's going to say, enter into your rest. Well done. But what do we have to do in order to receive that reward? Number one, deny myself. Jesus says, if you want to be my disciple, you've got to deny yourself. What does it mean to deny yourself? Well, it's not, no longer about me. It's about somebody else. It's about focusing on God and his will and his purpose. We want to be his disciples. We've got to deny ourselves. Can anyone agree with me that the day Jesus calls you Satan is not your best day as a Christian? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's Peter. He's just given a really good answer. He's like, yes, I got that one right. And then he kind of undoes the whole thing by saying, Jesus, no, 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 no. You don't have to die because that's not a part of our plan. See, we've got this whole plan around how this is going to play out. See, you're going to be king. You're going to be on the throne. We're going to take over. We're going to rule the world, and it's going to be amazing. Jesus says, no, I'm going to, I'm going to suffer. I'm going to be crucified, and, and I'm going to die. No, says Peter, that, that can't happen to you. But there was something in Jesus that says, no, Je- Peter, Peter, don't. Don't go there. Don't be concerned about the things that matter to humans. Don't be, don't be about the human concerns. Have a bigger picture. Get a kingdom perspective because there's so much more to what you're seeing, Peter. We don't get to see God's perspective on 7 billion people, do we? But God's got a plan. And his plan was Jesus all of those years ago, coming and dying on a cross so that we could have life and freedom. And he says, I'm going to build a church. Group of people here in Elam Whangarei and across our campuses and across the, the globe. 75 people meeting in Dhaka in Bangladesh saying we're going to commit our lives to Jesus where the cost of following Jesus is significantly higher to what it might be for us. But we still have to count a cost. That cost I'm talking about is not selling everything up, necessarily moving to Bangladesh, although tempting as it is. I'm talking about a cost. We've got to deny ourselves. When we were in the airport um, heading home, I met a man named Muhammad, Muslim man, young guy, quite a successful businessman, um, and we started talking. I connected with his son. That's the way I kind of, it just works best for me. I just go and connect with the kids, and then you connect with the kids, and then you get to connect with the parents. It works very well. I've been in children's ministry all my life. I won't change it. still works. <laughs> and so I'm connecting, and we're having this conversation, and we start talking about sport. Muhammad says, I, I'm, I'm so keen to get my, my boy playing sport because all the textbooks, all the education, that won't teach him how to win and lose and character and all those kind of things. I like you already, I thought. You know, this, is, this is somebody who really understands me. And so, so we're talking about sport, and I said, oh, I'll play football. And he goes, yeah, me too. I said, we're actually looking at bringing a football team over at some stage to come and, come and play against a local Bangladesh team and do some coaching. And, and he goes, well, when you're ready, 
You just contact me. I've got all the contacts. So there I am in an airport. Muslim man named Muhammad is setting up my next missions trip. Come on, that's cool, isn't it? But, you know, I had to deny myself in going, I just want to sit in my airport seat and, you know, I hate travel with a passion. I do. I can't sleep on a plane. It's, it's the part of my trip that I hate the most. And yet Amy and I made a decision when we left. We said, we'll just say yes. We'll say yes every time we feel it. Every time we sense that nudge, we'll just say yes. So I said yes when I saw Muhammad. And I went over and I had a conversation. We talked. We're Facebook friends now. Hey, it's pretty cool, eh? Facebook's not that bad after all. So number one, we have to deny ourselves, deny myself. Secondly, we have to count the cost, take up our cross. We have to count the cost. I need to get over my selfie. <laughs> Gotta flip it. Gotta count the cost. What does it mean to follow Jesus for you? What does it mean to follow Jesus for me? Uh, we, we were heading from, um, so we're in the airport from Bangkok, heading out to Dakar. And we had to go down on the tarmac, catch a bus and go out to one of the planes and then jump on board. And so I saw this woman carrying a baby and she was carrying her luggage as well. And we're going down the, the escalator and I could see her just kind of a little bit nervous about stepping on with luggage and baby and, and whether everything would, would go badly. And I, I, was, I was a little nervous for her too. And she, was kinda, she kind of took a faltering step and I said, excuse me, ma'am, can I help? So I picked up her luggage, went down the escalator beside her and we, we kind of walked out to the, the bus and we didn't, I didn't speak any of her language, she didn't speak any of mine. And I smiled at her, she smiled at me, and we got on the bus and I never saw her again. Simple act. I don't know what happened from that, but all I know is I did the right thing at that right moment. Now, I could have just carried on with my bags and, you know, she was going slow, so I could have got around her, right? Yeah, I could have got in front of her, because we don't, we don't do that, do we? Because yeah. <laughs> we're in more of a hurry than they are, catching the same flight. For 11 hours, I'm like, hey, I'm going to be on there long enough. I don't need to be in there any quicker. So I'll get there when I need to get there. But we have to deny ourselves. We have to count the cost. What, what is the cost? We were in another airport. Um, it seems like all the stories are airport stories. It's kind of like we could start an airport ministry. We can travel around the world and just meeting people in airports. What do you think? Yeah, no. And so, so we're, we're walking along, and a woman with a pushchair, this beautiful baby, probably a little girl about, about my Zoe's age, maybe three years old. She's got a suitcase and she's got a pushchair. Now, that just doesn't work really, really well. So Amy and I look at each other and go, yeah, yes. We said yes. So, so I, I go and take the pushchair. I ask permission first, just in case you're wondering. <laughs> stole my baby. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm pushing the pushchair and Amy sparks up a conversation, asks lots and lots of questions about the other person. And this is the way you do it. Quick tip for conversations, just ask lots of questions about the other person. Because eventually, they'll say, hey, what do you do? Ah, oh, let me tell you. Why are you here? So we find out that she is working for the UN in Bangladesh. Been there four years. She's working and, and she says, what, what are you guys doing here? And, and she said, well, we're actually part of a, a team, you know, helping a, a church launch in Bangladesh here in Dakar. She says, I'm looking for a church. Like, of course you are. Why wouldn't you be? God said we're supposed to go and talk to you. you know, I didn't have that conversation, but you know, God just set us up. Amy's Facebook friends now and connected. 
all of the details are now going to go to Sukkot and Puspah. And wouldn't it be great to have somebody in the UN, in the Elam Generation Church, at the, part, at the moment where we might need someone from the UN? Probably quite good, I think. What do we do? We said yes. We could have got pastor on the tra- travelator. Those travelators are cool. It's like you walk with a sense of speed and power. It's like, whoosh. but we just paused. We took a moment. We counted the cost. Just little things. What does that mean for you? How about just walking across the lunchroom? Because you know, and you, you know that that person's just not doing right. You can just kind of sense that their relationship isn't so good at home. That they're just carrying a burden that they, they don't know what to do with. What if we were to walk across the room and have that conversation? Say, hey, are you okay? Is everything all right? Can I pray for you? Can I help you in some way? Hey, we've got a ministry at our church called Loaves and Fishes. Man, we can get some meals for you and your family if you're going through a hard time at the moment. Simple things, but there's a cost. Because I want to sit there and catch up on the news on the Herald app. Or take another selfie. Yeah. What is the cost that we're prepared to take? We've got to deny ourselves. We've got to count the cost. And lastly... We need to follow Jesus. He says, you want to be my disciple? You've got to deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. What does it mean to follow Jesus? Just do the last thing he asked you to do. What was it? What was the last thing he asked you to do? Have you done it yet? If you haven't, might I suggest that your next step might be that? You know, maybe you're saying, come on, connect in a small group. Get some other people in your world to help you. Maybe you'll be a blessing and a help to them as well. Maybe God is asking you to take a next step. Uh, I love the way Jesus lived, and it also frustrates me because he asked us to do the same. Because Jesus made himself available. How did he escape the crowds? He got up early. I don't like that part either. You want your time with God? Got to get up early. Got to withdraw Fill your jars. Remember we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. We're going to fill our jars so that they're full. So that, man, our jars were full when we left. And we just poured it out. God just drew it out. It was awesome. So much fun. But we had something in there, which was great. But we've got to withdraw, spend our time with God so that we can go, yes, I am available. And I have found when you're doing what God's asked you to do, it's, it's, you're exhausted, you hit the, you, your head hits the pillow and you sleep and you're tired, but boy, it feels good. There's nothing like living in your purpose, doing what God's called you to do in your job, in your home, in your neighborhood, in your sports team, in your club, whatever it is you do, when you're doing it with all of your heart, there's nothing like it. The team can come now. I'm going to hand it over to Amy in a moment. But you know what? One of the things we did, we just smiled. We just engaged. We, we made eye contact. I tried this yesterday. I went for a, for a run around the loop. Do, do, you know, do you know what we do? I don't know if you notice this, but, but we're walking or we're running. And we're, and we're looking up, checking out everything, and we see somebody coming. It's like this 15-meter rule. The moment they approach, our eyes go down. Don't want to engage. We get past them. Just me? We don't like to make eye contact anymore. So I just smile at people. Hey, how's it going? Hey. 
you know, when I get past them, I, you know, the pain really comes out. You know, I'm feeling bit. No, I'm not. But we just walked through places and we just said hi. Just engage with people. Met Munzi. Munzi, he's cool. Walked through security. He was scanning all the bags. For a moment anyway. He gaps our bag. I'm like, hey, how's it going? He's like, hi, where are you from? I see New Zealand. Black Caps. Brenda McCullum. Daniel Vitt- You talk cricket? That is an open door. It's like, Black Caps. Oh, New Zealand, New Zealand, Bangladesh, cricket. I said, and I, and, I was, and I knew what was happening with Bangladesh cricket. Bangladesh playing Pakistan. You guys are up. You're doing well. You know, it's great results so far. Yep. Yeah. 250 for nine in the first innings. They're like, yeah. Like, and so, so, so they leave their security detail. And they take our bags and they walk us to the queue. Just being kind. They grab the departure card, fill it in for us. All I have to do is sign my name. Put us to the end of the line and we're chatting away. They see the line's pretty big. So they move us to business class. It doesn't end the way you think it does. <laughs> so much better. Who needs a business class trip back to New Zealand when you can meet a friend like Munzi and become Facebook friends? That's, that's what happened. <laughs> and you know what? We got through the line and we chatted and we exchanged photos and we exchanged names. He's been liking all of my posts since I've got back. He's probably watching online. Hey, Munzi, nice to see you, mate. Hope you're doing good. It was nice to meet you. What did I do? We just smiled. Just all that stuff that's in me, that's God in me kind of coming out. A very imperfect person with not a whole lot to offer except, hey, you're awesome. When Jesus says you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, that power was the Holy Spirit. What, what does the Holy Spirit do? Well, it also talks about the fruits of the Holy Spirit. A life that's filled with the Holy Spirit will exhibit the fruits of the Spirit. Love. Do I truly love all the people I met? Would I have a preconceived idea of who they were? Had I built up a media mindset that said that that person wants to kill me because I'm from the West. We went in there and we just thought that everybody liked us. And most of the time we met people who were just so nice, so kind, so generous. I made a new friend on Facebook called Muhammad and he's a Muslim. We talked and we could be friends. We don't have to convert anyone. Jesus says salvation belongs to God. But it's the way we love and serve people. That's where they go, wow, there must be something about this. Joy, another fruit of the Spirit. Come on, we could be happy. Wake up in the morning. I got zero minutes sleep last night. My body is just completely out of whack. 12.30, I'm just about to hit the, hit the sack and just boom. All right, I'm ready. And then boom, fireworks. Thank you very much. I don't know who it was, but that was entertaining. Flashes of light, big bangs. So I'm, I'm thinking, whoa, my house is under attack. And that was me. I didn't sleep. It was like 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock. Oh, I might as well get up. So I haven't slept. These are always the most entertaining sermons when I don't sleep. But, but, but Amy, she only had a few hours sleep too. We're just trying to get our rhythm back. But I said, let's have fun this morning. I said, what's the other option? I mean, which one do you want to choose? 
I'd rather be filled with the joy of the Lord, which is my strength. Sometimes I've got to choose it when I don't feel it. But I'd much rather choose joy than a bad attitude. Peace. Man, you can walk into any situation with the Holy Spirit in your life and bring peace. Are you the kind of person that walks into a room and people go, oh, I'm so glad that he's here. Just feel so much better when that person's around. What about patience? 166 million people in a hurry. After you, three hours later. <laughs> but a bit of patience. Kindness. Oh, my goodness. Amy's going to speak about kindness in a moment. Acts of kindness can change. Goodness. Just, just being a good person. There's nothing wrong with being good. And kind. Faithfulness. Jesus, when he receives us, the Father, when he receives us, he's not going to say, well done, Mike, you wonderful preacher. Well done, Steve, you amazing businessman. What's he going to say? Well done, my good and faithful servant. Are we being faithful in what God's asked us to do? Young people, you want to get that promotion. You want to climb the ladder. Great, that's awesome. Keep serving. Turn up early. Leave late. Make a good impression. Be faithful in what you've got. God will promote you in his time. Don't push it. Don't, don't, don't push your own case. Just let God lift you up and raise you up when he's ready. Keep serving. Keep serving. Keep serving. Keep serving. Be faithful in what you've got. And then self-control. We're flipping the camera, my friends. We're flipping the selfie. Come on. We're, we're going we're gonna to get the camera off ourselves and we're going to flip it and we're going to say, God, can I see people like you see them? Because, man, it changes everything. Let's not be inward focused, but let's open our eyes to see what God is doing. Amy, why don't you come and share as we close? Yeah. It's so good. I think um, Mike first went to Bangladesh um, when my daughter Rosie was, was just a baby, so about nine years ago. And I can remember going, you go, honey. I'm happy here. <laughs> I'm happy to stay here. I don't really want to go, in all honesty. And over the, over the last few years, but especially this year, when Mike went in April and when I had heard that we would actually be planting an Elam church, I really felt just the nudge of God to say, you need to go. You need to go. And, uh, you know, I was really nervous. Uh, I felt like God spoke to me from Joshua, those words that said, be bold, be courageous, be confident in me, your Lord and God, because I'm going to be with you wherever you go. However, I've shared before that I, you know, in my mental wellness journey from time to time, struggle with anxiety. And so over the probably past few months, I have felt my anxiety levels like just really increase. And uh, it was actually my children who decided that our letterbook quote for um, the last few months should actually be from a Disney movie, Cinderella. And so uh, who knows that God can speak through Disney movies as well. And the, the letterbook quote that they chose was, have courage and be kind. Have courage and be kind. And so I would look at those words in the months leading up to it. And I thought, Amy, have courage. Have courage. And Amy, when you're there, be kind. Kindness opens the door. In fact, it says in Romans 2 that it's the kindness of God that leads people to repentance. It's his patience, his love, his kindness to each and every one of us that, that turns us from living life our own way to want to live for Jesus. And so I found that actually wherever I went, um, it was amazing because I first came into the airport and we arrived at like midnight into Dakar and I was nervous. 
like really nervous. And when the guy said to me, what do you do? I said, I'm a mum. <laughs> I said, I've got three kids. <laughs> Um, but once I got through those doors, I just felt such a peace when I was there. Like truly, and this is, this is really quite a miracle for me. I just felt nothing but God's peace. I don't feel in danger. People would say to me, like on Facebook, on social media, you look so at ease. You look so, you know, just enjoying it. I truly did. I embraced every part of it. I went on those rickshaws and in the traffic and it was so noisy that I came home to quiet and I was like, I want to sit outside and beat my horn for half an hour just to remember what, remember what it felt like. But I just felt so at peace. And I want to just quickly share with you, um, that I don't know if they're used to many foreigners, you wouldn't normally go to Bangladesh for a holiday, let's face it. They don't have many tourists there. And the hotel we were staying at, I met a lovely waitress and her name was Bonner. And over the few days that we were there, we connected. Firstly, over coffee, of course, because I could see that there was a coffee machine the first morning. And I uh, mistakenly asked for a flat white. She did not know what I meant. I got a short black. The next day I got Americano. So I think we we were getting somewhere. The third day I finally got like something that resembled a coffee here. And um, she was just so lovely. And I just asked about her and and we struck up a bit of a friendship. And the last day was Mike's birthday. And she helped me um, celebrate and, and did a beautiful cake up for Mike. And the very last day I could feel the, the nudge of the Holy Spirit and Mike. It's good to have someone else in your world. Isn't it good to do life together? We need each other to spur us on to love and good deeds. And he's like, you need to talk to her. And I said, okay. And so I went to, to talk to Bonner. And I said, Bonner, I said, I don't know. Do you have faith? Do you have religion? She says, I'm a Muslim. And I said, I want to tell you I'm a Christian and I love Jesus, Bonner, and I just want to tell you that Jesus loves you. just want to tell you that he's got a great plan for your life. And you know, these people we're here with, she, she looks over and she says, are they Muslims? I said, no, they're Christians. And I said, they meet together every week in Utada and Sector 7 in Dakar. And we came over here to begin a church. That's what we do at home. We're pastors. And uh, I could tell, you know, like it was just like, it was like a heart to heart. And, um, and then all of a sudden, I, oh, I said to her, I said, can we take a photo? She said, oh, yes. Um, but she grabs my phone off me because I tried to take a selfie and I don't have a long arm. But she took it off me and she took the selfie. And then all of a sudden she's on Messenger and Facebook and we're connected as friends. And then I see on Facebook that she's put a filter on our selfie so that our lips and everything like looks beautiful, like more beautiful than it normally does. I thought that is hilarious. And she's going through and I've made my first Muslim Facebook uh, friend on Facebook and she's beautiful. I'm just believing that she's going to have an encounter with Jesus because he's at work in her life. And she says, oh, you look beautiful. But she says it doesn't quite fit right. Next time you come to Dakar, I'm going to take you shopping. I was like, oh, this is good. We're going to have fun. But you know what? What was I? I had courage and I was kind and I asked about her life. And I'm truly believing, church, that as you go through your day this coming week, that God is going to give you ordained opportunities to have courage and to be kind. And he, by his Holy Spirit, will prompt you and you will be able to say yes. (laughs) And you know what? Just show some love and show some kindness. So I just encourage you with that. I have uh, more stories, but I just wanted to share that one with you this morning. And as as we close our service, you know, church, let's let's flip the selfie. (laughs) Let's be about others. You know what? I I don't want to just have that over there, those experiences. I'm believing that I can have these experiences here in Whangarei in New Zealand. Yeah, amen. And I'm believing that for you too. So we're going to receive our tithes and offerings as the the team would like to come. And I just want to pray for you all. I just want to pray for you all. 
Father God, I just thank you for my beautiful whanau, for my beautiful family. Lord, I thank you for this word and Father God, too, that we might deny ourselves, that we might take up our cross and that we might follow you, Jesus, with all of our heart. Lord, may we flip the selfie round to being about people, loving you and loving people. Lord, that it's not, it's going to be relaxed. It's not going to be pressured. Father God, it's going to be natural. Lord Jesus, and you are going to set us up this week. Lord, we pray you'd set us up this week. God ordained opportunities, God ordained encounters. Father God, to love people, to show them kindness, to show them joy, to show them what you really mean to us, Lord. And so I pray your blessing upon every person here this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to receive our tithes and offerings this morning. And as we do, uh, maybe you'd like to fill in your Connect card if you haven't already. You can pop that in the offering box. Uh, Maybe you made a decision to follow Jesus for the very first time or coming back to him. Please let us know. You can do that here or in the foyer. And just as we receive our offering, I just want to encourage you with a great verse um, in the Bible that says that God is a God. He's a father to the fatherless. He's a champion of widows, he says, and he sets the lonely in families. And, you know, I saw that so much in our beautiful church in Dakar, in our Elam church. The the day we ministered and officially opened the, the, the service there, uh, there was a young girl who had actually been rescued. She was about to be trafficked. And she, she was rescued the night before, and that family brought her to church. There's some amazing ministries associated with our Elam Church over there called Tiny Hands. They take care of orphans. And you know what? I have two daughters, and so you know what? She's there um, in the beautiful um, wrap that's red. And I don't even know her name, but I know God knows her name. And I know God has a plan and a purpose for her life, and I thank the very brave and courageous people that work in that ministry. And I just want to thank you for your giving. I want to thank you for your generosity, that actually your giving is making a difference not just here in New Zealand, but for that young girl. Your giving is making a difference.